Hey everyone, welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson. As this episode is live, we are currently driving back from our Florida vacation, so we'll be back next week with a normal show. However, this week we wanted to play another incredible interview from almost two years ago. We'll be hearing from Diane Kraft, who is an expert in teaching children that have dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, and many other special needs. I hope you are encouraged. Before we begin, I do want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. You can get a free demo of their new 4.0 version of the curriculum over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Now let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hey, we are glad you're here. We're glad you tuned in because I'm super excited about our guest today as we have Diane Craft, and uh, we're going to kind of forgo our chit-chat. Ben didn't have any babies in the last week or two, and uh, nothing exciting has happened here. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how long ago I approached Diane, but it, it's been... It's been maybe a month, but I was thinking about her when we started this whole podcast thing because I I got a lot of emails. I got a lot of text about people saying, mom saying, hey, I've got a child um, who is struggling a little bit. What do you offer? And I'm like, I just went, go, 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 go. But I didn't have anything to offer. So um, we are super glad to have um, Diane Craft with us. Um, and I hope that maybe um, you, you might even be able to ask some questions at the end, but I don't want to get ahead of us. Um, Diane, it is good to have you with us. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Todd. Well, why don't you tell us, just to begin, you know, tell us a little about yourself, your family, maybe your background. All right. I'm a special education teacher. All of my life, I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that. My mother was a special education teacher. And so when I went into element uh, to teach a bachelor's degree in in special education, then I got a master's. That's nothing special in teaching. Everybody has a master's. You have to to teach. And what I learned is how to help these bright, hardworking kids who had to work too hard to learn. What I learned is to teach them slower, louder, multiple repetitions in a small group and make about three to six months growth a year is what it appeared to be at the time in terms of how it turned out. So my skills didn't match my desire. My desire to teach these children was just huge. It was a passion I think I had from from God. You know, when I first asked Jesus in my heart as a first grader, from then on, I felt that I wanted to always work with kids who had to work too hard to learn. And so I just would, for all the parents who have tuned in, I just want to give a couple of parent questions quotes if I can. So but so they as the end of this podcast, they will know that they things don't have to be so hard. They don't have to be a specialist. And we see phenomenal growth in simple things. And that's what I hope to to pass along tonight is the phenomenal growth in simple things. And we basically um, we love all the good things about our children, but we're also always listening to God and saying, what else can we do to make them more comfortable in their own skin? And that's what it's all about. So when you talk about that, they are all the different things that can be going on. That's what we're looking for. So I just have a quotes here for parents who are working with kids who have to work too hard to learn. They're using too much battery energy. So what for someone else, they can just uh, write um, a, you know, a little paragraph or copy and can do so many other things during the day because they only used a little battery energy. For others, that's it. They're done. 
and, and then that looks like they're recalcitrant, like they're uh, lazy or unmotivated the rest of the day. If we could just see if they wore on their shirt a battery and you could see they used all their battery energy for that one paragraph, mm. you'd say, oh, I see, I've got to look into what's going on versus just more motivation. Nothing, anything wrong with motivation. So one, Dan, this is one mom said, Daniel, my third grader, doesn't make reversals when reading and writing anymore. Writing's so easy for him now. Just These are just things we get from our Facebook that I just picked up and I thought, I'm just going to put them down here just so that parents know this is common. So if, if they have the feeling that they're alone or nothing can be done or this just isn't the case. <clears throat> it's when Jason told me he loves math now because he's so good at it. So many kids hate math. And I, I see that teaching textbooks does sponsor you. and They're just a wonderful company. You're just lined up with a great group. So the good teaching and good presentation is out there. But for some, it's like, Wong, you hit a wall. They're just, they say anything except math. No, not math. Math tears, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, those are, that doesn't have to be. We're just going to show you some tricks that you're going to be so surprised because we're going to show them how to use the right side of their brain instead of just the left side. And they'll find that things are more easy for them. This is another quote from a mom. Ian asked if he could do writing today. I almost fell off my chair. Yeah, I remember that happening when I was teaching in school, when my fifth graders would say, Mrs. Kraft, it's Wednesday. You said we could write today. But at the beginning of the year, I didn't get their name on a piece of paper. What did easy things did I learn to do? That's what I hope to pass on. There are many other things, but these are just as with things I've come up with. Another mom said, Lucy's the best speller in the family now. Spelling, she spells words forwards and backwards. Her brothers are jealous. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, exactly how you can do that. And then last one, Matt, who is diagnosed with dyslexia, has made three years growth in reading this year using new strategies. I never thought I'd see this happen. So I just put these down from my Facebook so they would know that's where we want to go. So my background is um, all my life I've taught kids who have to work harder than they, they need to, to learn. Then I became a homeschool parent and homeschooled my son, and he's now in the education field. And now I also teach it through college, only because the older you get, the smarter they think you are. So I'm doing college courses now, um, some graduate level courses and teacher education, you know, continuing ed courses and all of that. Hey, Diane, now I, you mentioned that you homeschooled your own son. Now I've had other teachers say to me, you know, um, I was a teacher. I was in the I was in the public school, private school. Doesn't matter. I was a college professor for 20 years, and then I started homeschooling my own children. And I'm like, nothing prepared me for teaching my own children. Did it? Was it easier to when you were instructing others how to teach than when you had to teach your own? Well, it was because I didn't care as much I think right, with my right, own right. child I saw during every day what he knew and what he didn't know and it did not prepare me at all you're right all it prepared me to do is to follow curriculum and if he had been a learner that curriculum was his thing and for some kids you've got them you have a one or two of those kids who really think curriculum's just the bomb and they just go right in the corner and you know tell and this is what I'm doing today and they check it off I mean, that's wonderful. That wasn't the way he learned. And so all of this began to explore also because he learned differently. So you're right. It's not, it is not a preparation. It's a preparation for following rules. <laughs> so how did you go to being a, a uh, special needs expert? You know, that's a scary word. 
the expert piece. Nobody really, really wants to take that hat on because there's always so much to know and so much to learn. I still study. I was I'm counting two hours a night. I spend reading about different syndromes and different ways and newer things coming out because there's so much to know. But I did get my bachelor's degree and then I got a master's degree. But then I got in the classroom after homeschooling my son. Then I went to teaching and got into the moderate needs, which are kids with um, average, a little below average IQ, above average IQ, many of them gifted. Um, many of them were smarter than I was, but I was in charge and I reminded them of that because <laughs> they, <laughs> they were very gifted many of them but all of them had that potential it didn't matter what numbers were there they all had that ability but i found i did i wasn't equipped to help them make a two-year growth in a year if we don't make a two-year growth in a special education class it's once in special ed always in special ed because everyone else is making a year's growth you know so where we we have to make a two years to get them out of the program and when i got in there all of our ieps were for six months when i thought it was a really big deal but we knew i said you know what these are regular kids they can learn easily what is it and so i prayed and i asked god i said show me do for either dyslexia, auto processing problems, or all these things. I didn't even know about dysgraphia at that time. I saw the results, but I didn't know what it was. And so I said, I will show as many people as I can. And so the way God works, the next day I got a, a um, postcard in the mail and it talked about brain integration therapy and how we could go and we could learn about it and uh, I, it was so expensive at that time it was a thousand dollars just for that class and you know we're homeschooling so we needed to mm -hmm. I sold we sold a car it was my car <laughs> so after that mm -hmm. I got up early to take my husband to work if we had any field trips but I learned about the left brain and the right brain and the corpus callosum the middle of the brain and now I knew why my kids couldn't learn sight words you know, the sight words that are supposed to be, well, they're, um, you know, they're rule breakers and all that. And let's do it on a, a trampoline. And my kids were coming to me as sixth graders with a 2.0 reading in a Woodcock Johnson. They had great parents. They were great kids. They were smart as anybody else. And they were, they were just having to work too hard. And I, nobody had the key. And either did I. But I learned it. And I applied it. And then my, the gal across the hall, Anna Alvarado, was also a special ed teacher. And she said, wait a minute, you're doing those crazy exercises. And we shared the same population. She said, and your kids are reading better. What are you doing? I said, well, I want to show you these things I learned. And she did it. She did it better than I did because she's a left brainer. And, you know, they follow rules and did it every day the same way. And you and I don't do that. And so anyway... <laughs> Right, not the same way twice, right? <laughs> so she learned it, and she, and by then, after that, we saw changes in the Woodcock Johnson, the two-year growth we were looking for, and I was so grateful. So that's how, and then I, be, I became a great observer. My dad was an inventor, so I, I learned to, that there wasn't anything that could be changed. So as I would watch my kids read my students, at first I had sixth, seventh, eighth graders, and later on I worked with the little guys too. But I said, I watched them, and first of all, I watched their eyes. And I saw they were jumping all over. And I said, oh, well, first of all, I bet I can find a way to help that. Then I noticed that they were guessing at all their words. 
so they know the code. But everyone had taught them phonics, and that's when Linda Mudell and the tiles came out and all those good phonics programs, and I loved them. And I was working with them, but it took too long. I couldn't make my two-year growth. It wasn't fast enough. So I began to learn that the left brain holds the names of the words, the right brain holds the pictures, and they couldn't cross over. So we did some crossover motions, and oh, it's the start of the class. Helped a lot. But then when I taught them, I remember them so well sitting in class, the sixth, seventh, eighth graders, many of them were 15 because they'd been held back like one more year or slower, louder, I was going to, you know, somehow do it. We didn't know. So I wrote all those words I wanted them to sound out on an overhead projector. This is how I ended up coming up with right brain phonics. And I put a picture and weird stuff on my blood in yellow and green stuff and you know, uh, irreverent things like little bombs going <laughs> up, you know, <laughs> things like that I, I probably shouldn't have used. But at any rate, because the right brain holds on to emotion and that's where our long-term memory is, I could teach them all their sounds in just a couple of weeks. So we mm. went from non-reading to two-syllable two reading by using what? Emotion. Uh, right embedded on the letter, not emotion above and above. So as I learned those things, I, I basically felt like maybe I was inventing like my dad was because I was kind of thinking, looking at the brain and teaching that way. And that's how that all began is basically by just um, observing where it was breaking down. Like you would, you know, you take apart a, a watch or a clock, where is it breaking down? And then putting the pieces back in, which is why I know how any mom can do this because I just figured it out that way myself and she can easily do it at home. So, you know, you've, you've talked about some different, you kind of briefly mentioned them, but can you explain maybe the different types or different levels of special needs or that, you know, can you go in a little bit more in depth on that? That's perfect. Yeah, it's a great question because a child can have a glitch. For, so for 15 years, I had a consulting service here in Denver where people would come in and fly in and I'd show them in a day what to do with their child. But most of the time I didn't see that the glitch, the glitch is a child has to work harder, but they don't test behind. But the parent will say, you know, but for that information, they had to work six times harder than their brother. Well, then we can make that easier, but otherwise they'll figure out a way themselves. And then the next level is what we call a dysfunction, where they have to work harder and they're testing about a year behind. And that's when the parents tend to get a little nervous. And we know it's wonderful about homeschool because you have lots of time to fill things in. I mean, we're not, we're not bound by those same restrictions, but at some, time, at some point they get nervous, you know. And so with the dysfunction, that's and then there is a third level, which is a dyslexia, which is usually about two years behind. And then they have to work a lot harder. They have to work harder at just even keeping the letter U looking like the letter U because it wants to look like the letter N. Hmm. And they are, of course, the best problem solvers we ever have because they have to take the letter right. L and look at it because it could be a box. It could be left, right, top, bottom, couldn't it? So while we are reading, they are problem solving the orientation of letters. So a dyslexia we call the third level. We have, they have to work a lot harder. They're generally, without intervention, about two years behind. Now, later on, of course, they become the geniuses of the world. Sorry, I have to pull this up. They become the genius of the world because they're they're such great thinkers, and they find ways to learn through, you know, textbooks and right. on, on tape. I mean, they find ways, of course. But my whole goal was, 
how can I take the stress off? What can I do to make this easier? What can I, so I can have that child expand? So those are the three. And then we have some syndromes. We certainly have our wonderful Down syndrome children. But again, there are ways that we've learned that we can make it easier for them to learn too. So those are their levels. And, and parents sort of know their child's level. Parents know everything. <laughs> well, I know Ben's going to go to like a commercial break here, but on because I'm seeing your notes, tell me what dysgraphia is, and I won't even pronounce the second one. What was that? Dyscoolia. Well, isn't that crazy? Dyscoolia. You know, we have all the disses now. We didn't used to use them, but now all the parents are so savvy, they're all using them. Dysgraphia comes from the word graph, so that's right. Those are our smart kids who hate to write, the ones that we call sleepy, sleepy, lazy, <laughs> sloppy. It's a good mixture um, of a couple words there. Developing new words here and unmotivated. That's the most common glitch. You'll like learning about that one because it's absolutely most common. Um, and these are the guys who will do all the math in their head. They may be math geniuses, but don't ask them to write it down because if you put that offending utensil in their hand, mm. all brain power leads mm. them. That's a dysgraphia. That's that was easy. That one's an easy one to fix at home. Parents can do that in 15 minutes a day. Dyscalculia. You see the calculia on there. That's the math. And that's the, we used to just call it math and they hated math. Well, that's what <laughs> they call it now. Oh, yeah. But again, again, you can work around it. Now, I know um, some some parents might say well is is adhd is that a special need or how, does that fit in there or it's a very good question it is um because they have a hard time focusing it often can look like mm -hmm. they have a learning disability what we have to basically um figure out is is it really an attention problem or is it an avoidance Mm -hmm. You see, many of our kids, if everything's turning upside down and backwards, they're going to be the class clown rather than look at that because no one's figured it out. They just, well, say it again. Read that one more time. Oh, look at it. Let me cover it up. You know, they have no idea what's going on. So mm -hmm. they, they, they just get silly. Or is it really um, that their nervous system is having a harder time uh, settling down? In other words, some of them feel like they have a bouncing ball inside their body. And that is something that we like to look at nutritionally. So would we have ADHD kids in our resource room at a school? Yes, we would if it was impacting their ability to learn. Mm. In other words, they don't have a, let's say, they, nothing turns around or upside down. But as far as they're concerned, they can't, they can't settle the nervous system down enough to, to remain there. But I found right brain strategies because we have emotion and uh, guts and blood and things that they love it takes very little effort for them to remain focused when we mm. so we just add a lot of bodily fluids <laughs> to the things that we're going to remember they stick with you then i'm excited to tell you about the new 4.0 version of teaching textbooks the newest version is currently in the process of launching 4.0 is the best version of teaching textbooks yet, and it includes new interactive sketch modes that your child can work out the problem right within the program. It also includes new animations, audio, grade dates, search features, and stickers. It'll still work on computers, tablets, and smartphones as well. Also, if you purchased or own the 3.0 version now, you'll be upgraded to 4.0 once it completely releases. You can check out the trailer and demo over at teachingtextbooks.com. 
good question because we have a lot of books out there, things like Gift of Dyslexia, uh, The Strength of Dyslexia, and we do know now a lot about the dyslexic brain, and uh, it is just a marvelous brain. I always say, you know, if I was in a like a Titanic and it was uh, sinking, I would get on the microphone and I would say, is there anybody with dyslexia on the boat? I want to be in his lifeboat because I'm going to make it to shore because they have had to problem solve things that nobody else has to problem solve. And that is orientation of letters, remembering sounds. They have so many little gyrations they do in their head to come up with a word. And that's why sometimes parents say, I don't know. They can see the word free up here, but the next word, next time they see it, it's gone. Yep, because they just finally ran out of battery energy to figure that out. But they are so bright. You know, Charles Schwab has a dyslexia, and we like to be uh, dyslexic like Charles Schwab, right? <laughs> because he does, uh, you know, he, he's really overcome it so well. So are there some really good strengths they have? Absolutely. And when they talk about learning styles, you know, the auditory, visual, kinesthetic, it doesn't matter for our kids if they have to, if they have to go by default, what gate is not blocked for them, visual auditory. So later on when we can get their eyes tracking well, they may end up being visual learners, but they weren't at first. So. Um, I would say my goal for is it something bad, all I'm interested in is making them, making learning easier for them and making um, them more comfortable in their own skin. Hmm. So we could all do that, whether or not we consider what we have a gift or not a gift, <laughs> we all want to be more comfortable. Where, where does the mom begin? You know, I mean, where she's, you know, maybe she's listening or and she's thinking, ah, you've just described one of my children, or maybe you haven't described one of my children. I just don't even know. Do I need to tweak something? Do I need to go see somebody? Do I, maybe like you said, do I just need to observe? Where do I start? That's such a good question, Todd. You know, I'm after doing this for so many years, I'm a little more irreverent in my approach. <laughs> so when parents say, you know, I need to have this testing. I say, yes, testing and information is always good. Remember Ann Lander, she used to be around and used to be a, a writer. She said, information is good, ignorance is bad. So they say, should I have them tested? I say, no, testing's always good. Do I need to have them tested? Well, you can. Or you could just fix the problem. So that's, you know, because I was a resource room teacher when all we had was $150 a year to spend. So it, we didn't have any, like, resources unless I went to everybody's um, closet in school, which I did. And we were always next to the boiler room, so our best friends were the, the, the guys, the maintenance guys, and we just had really, they took care of us a lot. So what I'm saying is that that. It, Go trust your instincts. If your child is having trouble reading, what difference does it make if it's a dyslexia, a right. dysfunction, or a, or a glitch? Let's make it easier. And the same things that work for, the reason I, I have to mention the dyslexia, only because people think that's so hard to overcome, and it isn't. Mm. And it's not permanent. And we've just seen that for us. We have thousands, actually, of kids, because I've been doing this for more than five years so, <laughs> right but, so what we know is that they can um they really can 
can get it, they can teach them well, and they don't have to be as concerned. So look, let's look at the symptoms. So we have checklists they can download. Other other websites do too. Checklists so you can see what's going on with your child, and then interventions. Try some of them. Most of them are totally free. See if your child can spell psychology forwards and backwards as a second grader, just like we did with Jeremy. I mean, he couldn't re- he couldn't spell is. And I said, oh, Jeremy, let me show you what he actually said. He said, what would be the hardest word that you could spell? Because he said, I can't get is, Mrs. Kraft. Well, is should be I-Z, shouldn't it? Who made the English <laughs> language anyway? So anyway, he said, I want to spell Lamborghini. And he said, Lamborghini? So I had to look it up. Do you know it has a letter H in it? So no anyway, way. So I'm going to check that one out. Check that. Out. So we made Lamborghini with the H. Of course, we had fire coming out of it, and every every emotional hook, because that's a memory hook. And so he went across the hall to his second grade classroom, and he had a great second grade teacher. She said, "Okay, Jeremy, what did you learn? You know, he was coming out for special ed, right? Spelling. He and a group of kids, and he took Lamborghini and wrote it across the whole front of the of the uh, blackboard. And all the kids wanted to come to that smart spelling class." <laughs> and from then on, there was nothing he couldn't spell. He could spell psychology. For, not that those are second grade words, but what we wanted to show him is how smart he was. Mm. From then on, you see, if we can open up and show them how smart they are, they can take off. Right now, they have a, a record in their head going on. How you know, You're just dumb. You just can't remember mm. like everyone else. They say, well... They'll put the right memory hooks on, and we can remember more than you can. The right brain is has more memory bites than the left brain. Remember, don't we say, and I think the left brain is words, right brain is pictures. We say that what a picture is worth a thousand, thousand words. words. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Many more megabytes in the right brain. Once we learn how to use that photographic memory, easy and so all of a sudden they feel smart and that's the whole goal you see so whether or not there's something good or something bad i just say mm-hmm. let's just make it easier for them that's awesome mm. so you gave a well couple why of, don't you i'll oh, go ahead ben well you gave a good example i didn't know if you wanted to go uh you talked about spelling you had a couple here about reading math did you want to talk about at all about either of those i would love to talk about reading and math i would just like to give as much information as i can to my parents who are listening and I would like to give them just as many details as I could so that they can just say okay let's do this tomorrow morning I'm going to teach you teach you psych well how we did psychology so we do what p-s-y-c-h-o-l-o-g-y-y-g-o-l-o-h-c-y-s-p how can we do it forwards and backwards well we played with it so the p is there and the s is there because we we can hear that the p we I can't remember around, but the Y was so nervous because everybody forgets him. So we just made a shake all over. And the CHO, sorry, the CHO was, um, I remember we had them be in a movie and one of the boys had gas. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so, okay. So anyway, what, this is how we got it. We got their name. All right. So. So the parents say, this is my child, what do I do? I would just say there are lots of websites, but just go on our website. We have 25 articles on this, on exactly how you can figure out what is going on with your child. There are others too, but, and then we just put in how to help them. So one of the things they ask, do I tweak it? Do I, um, 
uh, modify, accommodate. Accommodations are things like, and you can do if they just have a glitch. So those are the guys who don't want to write for you. So then you do your tests orally. Mm-hmm. And you do a lot of things orally, but I have to, if I don't correct the writing problem, see, they're going to have to do orally all their life. So I do my little writing eight exercise, been around for 40 years, came up, an optometrist came up with it, just a, pe- a crayon on a piece of paper is all it takes. And I can get that midline so they no longer have trouble with writing. But meanwhile, I do everything orally with them. And then they're not bogged down with writing and workbooks, writing and worksheets, because they can have their mind takes it in, but they can't get it out and output. And so good accommodation. Sometimes we have to do modifications. Modifications means you expect less of that child in terms of curriculum. So you don't do as much. Accommodations, they do the same, but you, you, do, you change the way you, what your expectations are. But the most common modification, I want to give you this example, is to shorten the spelling list. So in other words, they'll say, well, later. Uh, but they could if we shortened it. So in other words, a little brain can only hold 10 words. And I say, well, I would like that list of words is what I told my teachers, but I want the bonus words too. So we defy gravity. So what we do is we give it the, we get the longest word we can like. If they don't give us one, we're gonna make it up, Lamborghini psychology. And the way I do that is to get them to we put jazz on it and we take a picture and they can tell me the color and the picture and the story and the weird and the humor and who had blood coming out of it and who was blowing up and pretty soon they can do it forwards and backwards. So you see how I, I, I don't like to modify in that way if I can. So what about the kids shut down? We have kids who will totally they'll say all they'll do is Bible. Our, our Bible and, and, and PE, a Bible and music. They have, these are our teenagers, maybe. They've just shut down. They're not successful at all. So then when we work with our families, we say, be brave. Be brave. For one season, take all the curriculum, or at least the ones they're struggling with, and put it on the shelf. Mm. Teach them a totally different way. So we can get them testing just great and learning just great. But we have to teach them a different way, and we call it healing teaching. Healing teaching is take the very same subjects, the same content. We're expecting the same eighth grade content, the same freshman content, seventh grade, whatever they're doing. But we're going to teach it with memory hooks attached. So we teach a lesson, and I'll show, give you some details when you talk about math. We teach a lesson, we give them the memory hook immediately. For example, let's say I had an eighth grader named Eric Rodriguez, and he was in my class. And he said, Mrs. Kraft, I used to guess at all those long words with the AU in it, because I could never remember that AU sound. Remember how we do all, all, we give them all the auditory, but that doesn't work for them, because they have an auditory processing glitch. And I took AU, and I directly put it on the picture of a saw. So his right brain held onto the picture, but the left brain piece attached itself. The brain likes to learn in a unit. Put it in a unit, comes out in a unit. He said, no, every time I see a long word with a unit, I see a saw. I know exactly how to, to read those words. So, you see, you gave a, we gave them such good hooks. Now, this is what phonics teachers tell me because, of course, I'm, I'm in the doghouse a fair amount for, for the irreverent approach because most of the time they teach phonics with um, 
spelling by phonics. And they say, I love phonics for reading. But for spelling, we do our photographic memory for a lot of things. Just just jazz it up and throw it in that long-term memory. That right brain is a photographic memory. Put it in the long-term memory because they will say, well, how can you remember then whether it's A-W or A-U? Well, that's hard, isn't it? I mean, how would you remember? Don't you remember what it looks like? Um, yeah. so you don't remember what it looks like? Get a picture of it, right? So that's <clears throat> so healing teaching is you teach them, whether it's reading or math or test-taking, and put a memory hook on it so there's no way they can forget it. So all of a sudden, they build upon their learning. We teach them how to use their brain, how to think things differently. You know, when we, one of the most successful healing teachings that we do is so fun and just ran across it by learning. I learned all these things many years ago from people much smarter than I am. I just got a chance to put it in into practice. And so what we did with, with these guys, they say, well, they can read. They even call it hyperlexia. It's a new word for you, Todd. Hyperlexia. <laughs> right. hyperlexia is when they can read way, way above grade level. They read words. Remember, the left brain's computer. Words, 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 words. They can read words that they've never even know, have any idea what it means, but they don't understand anything. Where right brain makes a movie of what we're reading. So my kids weren't doing that, so they didn't get it. They didn't get jokes. They didn't get things. So we practiced at first. I would read to them. We'd stop. We'd look up because we know the eyes looking up lights up the right brain. So we trigger that. So we make a movie first of just a sentence. Then the next day, we'd start two sentences. And we just do this for 10 minutes each day. Till after about six months, they were able to take a picture, a movie of everything, and then their reading comprehension went up. So you see, that's healing teaching. We don't just give them a workbook and worksheet to practice more, you know, what's the title and what's the conclusion. By the time they're done making a picture, they know that all. That's what healing teaching is. Now, I, I'm going to guess, Diane, that people are listening, some moms are listening right now and they're going, well, because I'm thinking if my wife were listening, she'd say, well, I don't know how to do that. Can they find those helps at uh, your website? Yeah, we have a free article called When Kids Don't Understand What They Read. And we have it, of course, in a brain integration therapy manual we sell and write in phonics. We have all that, but we most of that for free, just in articles that they can read. And uh, we have it in a deal also, but it's real easy. All the steps are laid down there. And it just takes 10 minutes. The whole family loves it. You make movies <clears throat> in their head, and they just love it. And it, it's just, uh, I was, what I really was my kids with Asperger's. My kids who had the great don't get it when it's to jokes. And they got it. And it was just the parents would come to the IEP and say, what happened? They're understanding what we're saying now. They're converting words that they hear into a picture. They're understanding what they read. It's just the most satisfying thing you can do. And how much money did that cost? Just nothing. It was just knowledge. And that's what we hope to pass on, just plain knowledge. Awesome. Well, the, uh, would, no, go ahead, Ben. Well, then would you be able to tell uh, everyone else how they can learn more about you, what you have to offer, where to go, and if they need to want to reach out to someone, uh, all that kind of information for contacting you. Sure. We have um, <clears throat> dianecraft.org. 
Diane with two N's, CRAFD.org. Um, I just call it now the Diane Craft Right Brain Learning System, just because they found everybody, every curriculum teaches left brain, and we love left brain. Left brain's wonderful. If it's working, we don't touch it. But if it isn't, then we have plan B. And please, plan B is right brain. You will be surprised how much you can learn um, and retain in your right brain. I know all of my credit card numbers, just saying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Stories around every one of those four groupings. <laughs> That's amazing. Maybe I should do that. But I can, just, I can read mine, so I just keep them handy. I gave them handy. I remember and, some and you also offer some other things that uh, uh, you have even co consultation. Can they, can they talk to you in person? and figure sure. some of this stuff out. Sure, they just, um, and I think that uh, Cassie has sent you our link. We have a Facebook support group um, with a link for that, or they can just email us, um, childdiagnostics at gmail.com or craft at eCentral.com. And then this is what we spend all day doing. This is our group, I, who don't seem to get it. Oh my goodness, that is so temporary does not have to be permanent but it's just strategies they just have to understand their children more and i did not like i'm blaming them i certainly didn't either i had to learn all of that but we will yeah just give us a quick profile we'll let them know either you know what look up this free all right you know you're right there a real problem i wrote a craft right brain readers for my second third grade so it's carefully engineered words with words all with all jazzed up already but we tell them they can use any books and then jazz the words up themselves. So it's just make it ordered. But it's all stuff you can make. And it, sometimes they'll say you need to either order or look at it online and make that yourself because that's how your child will learn. So it just depends on how much time the parent has. But, um, yeah, so they can, they can email us. They can go on our website. Once they read their articles, like you talked about ADHD, we had the biology behavior a three-month uh, nutritional program that parents have said for the first time they can sit down. Now that nothing works all the time, of course, you know, but when it does, 80% mm -hmm. of the time, they think they can focus so much, they sleep better, they, they can put right. their feet in sand, like a poor sensory processing kids. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Suddenly, in fact, they send pictures of the kids who are now walking in sand because their nervous system isn't overreactive. Some of that is just plain vitamins you can get at your vitamin store. Well, I'll tell you, um, before I'm going to kind of let you close out with, and I'll give, let you give your thoughts just here in a second about, you know, what do you tell the mom again when she's in tears? And because she's listening to this and says it still feels overwhelming. But I'll tell you, I if you had to give me a test now, I learned something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, I've heard right brain and left brain. But what you're suggesting is some of our not just struggling learners are struggling children that you've connected them in such a way it's like the the right brain kind of jump starts the left side or 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 it fills in all the gaps and now it makes sense nicely put i like oh. the fills in all the gaps you got it so you're not one of those who doesn't get it you see todd i probably is that a relief there are a lot of things I don't I don't know if I go that far, but okay. <laughs> you wouldn't take it that far, Ben? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. He gets well, it. Well, so again, you know, because there are some moms here um, who I know as they listen to it, whether they're listening to it now or they're going to listen to it later, 
and the tears are running down their their face and maybe they still feel a, a little stuck what do you say to that mom you know as she looks at her little kid over here and she doesn't see him as the her loving kid anymore she sees him as this thing to fix and she just doesn't think she can well, fix it. We don't think of fixing. We think of making things easier. Don't we always look for ways to make things easier for ourselves? And what we want to just show with them is how to feel smarter, if that's what their issue is, or or make learning easier. Tell them to go to our website. You won't believe all the articles we have there. And then we have downloads. She can just test them. Where is he if she wants to know? Is he behind in math? I don't know. Sometimes parents will say, well, you know what? They're really behind in reading. Are you going by the reading curriculum? Are you going by a little bitty test that we would take 10 words at a time, so it takes only about five minutes to give? Because every day reading, you just want to cry your eyes out sometimes. And yet you test them and, oh, hello, they know all those words. <laughs> so, all right, so it's something else going on. So we have downloadable tests. We have um, downloadable um, where do you start. So if they would get on our website, the front page says where do you start, and it has uh, the identifying checklist so you can find out if your child has a learning glitch. And then do they just have a learning glitch where we can do midline exercises and take care of that? Or do they have a learning glitch where, yep, we need to do exercises, our dysfunction or dyslexia, then we need to teach them differently so that we can get that two-year growth. And why are we looking for a two-year growth? We're not stuck on numbers. We want them to feel as good as they can. And, and they just take off. It's amazing how just a little tweak here and a little tweak there, and they take off. So for the families, um, I guess we, I, I think they call us the alternative teachers. We've got alternative teaching in there for just about every subject, even ACT prep. So mm. it's, um, and it's just, again, the most simple, inexpensive things you'll ever find. So we love families. We love kids. We'll be glad to answer questions. We're easy to get along with. And you're making this sound like it's not as bad as I might think it is. And then it's not That's as easy. True. It's not as hard as I think, or as hopeless as I've been led to believe. Absolutely. When I read things like they need accommodations all the time for dyslexia and this, I say, uh, no, that's not been my experience. And I wouldn't say so if it was any other way. And I would not mislead parents. That would be an awful thing to do. I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm still shocked. And so is Cassie as we read our emails from all over. They're even now using this in Africa, the Brain Integration Therapy mm. Manual, because they said their whole school is uh, it just when they make connections, reversals do not have to continue. We don't mm. just accommodate it. On We love keyboarding. We love all the accommodations. We're not against anything. But let's fix the problem because we get people you'll love this, Todd, from. We have in Denver, it's called Master Drive. <clears throat> and they're teaching teenagers how to drive, <laughs> how to get gray hair fast, right? right? So he said many times they send kids over to us. They could send them other places, but we just know the ones that we get. And they say, show them that writing aid exercise, that midline exercise, because they found that when parents send them there, then they know they're right from their left. And when they... When they drive, they stay down the middle of the lane. <laughs> so many, you see, what they don't realize is at a reversal over age seven, they're telling you they have an internalized directionality. Then many things are hard for them. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had uh, speech teachers who say they stop stuttering 
Um, kids can start riding bikes and tying their shoes when we give them that strong midline. So it's so easy to do 15 minutes a day. When, so when they have all these accommodations for dysgraphia, you say, oh, for goodness sakes, we can just get rid of this with that midline. And it's just always true. Mm. So it just says, so how do you get that knowledge out? Well, this is one way. So the moms who are tuning into you will have that ability to, once you give them a strong midline, there is such a list of changes. In fact, we have a video on our website. They can just download or look at it's a few minutes. Our 18-year-old grandson was doing that writing aid exercise, Dr. Getman's middle, middle line exercise for basketball because his and wanted to increase the and he did and they actually I mean it would have been a good story either so so many things are help archery teachers use that when we need to get the left in in terms of because with math what throws them is um, fractions things mm -hmm. spatial so we say don't do long division yet don't do um, time, money, measurement, place value until we give them a midline. It takes about six months. Mm. Once midline, all those math things come in play. I could have used that. Well, <laughs> we are out of time. We're going to have to do this again, Diane, because uh, uh, I know I'm going to get some questions and, and maybe we'll just continue this conversation somewhere down the pike and Thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you so much for spending your time uh, encouraging these moms. And I and we're going to close out the show, but I'm going to ask Ben, because I don't know. Uh, ben, were there any questions that anybody had that uh, maybe Diane could answer? I don't think there were questions so much, but uh, Laura, Mitchell, Laura Mitchell said, I love you, Diane. Uh, your integrative brain therapy has helped my 11-year-old uh, dyslexic so much. Uh, we had Debbie said, uh, Diane, your brain integration techniques and some uh, piano lessons to, oh, wait, see, and some piano lessons to my son, 10 at a time from mid first grade reading level to fifth grade level in less than one school year. Thank you for your research and information. So people are really, really appreciative uh, and they very much thank you. So thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it. I think you encourage Oh, well, that really warms my heart. Thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, have a good rest of your evening and thanks for joining us. Thank you for being part of another episode. We hope what Diane had to say was encouraging to you. We should be back next week for a new episode, so join us then. I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smile and Homeschool podcast. Go check out the new demo for version 4.0 over at the website, teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and don't forget, keep smiling.